Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. And today we are going to talk about uh, or attempt to answer this question, what is love? What is love? Because many of us, we talk about love, we say we love each other, but but we don't really understand this concept uh, of love. And it's very um, sad that, you know, we even get to a point where we get married without understanding (laughs) the concept of love. Amen. Amen. What is love? Do you you know it? It will... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Don't hurt me. No more. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh. Ah, but yeah. If I'm I'm realizing. Amen. Galatians chapter 5 from verse number 22 to 23. Very popular scripture that I believe many of us should know. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then it says, against such there is no law. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We pray this morning that you may speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. There is always that... Deep and constant cry in this season we are living in Bazalwane. There is that constant cry and need for love in every relationship. In every relationship, not just in marriage, because we found ourselves as God's people. Entering into relationships, whether friendships, whether romantic relationships, whether relationships at work, and and of course, sadly, even in our relationship with God, we've entered into those relationships, many of us, before we have even mastered the art of love before even learning to live a life of love. We know that we need relationships. Hence, we have friends. But many of us, our relationships don't last. Many marriages malfunction. They don't last. And some, even if they last, but they lack love. You find that people are still living together for the sake of living together But deep down in our hearts, there is that constant cry for love. Because the reality is that without love, relationships will collapse. Without love, relationships will crush. They will end up becoming a curse instead of becoming a 
blessing that they are supposed to be. Hence, love is very crucial, very critical, very significant in any type of relationship. Love is needed. Love is needed. Are we here? I can promise you now, without love in your friendship, no matter how sincere you can be, no matter how much you can want that relationship with your friend, but if it lacks love, it is not going to last or it is going to be just miserable. In your marriage, it does not matter how much money you have. It does not matter, it does not matter how, how big of a house you live in. It does not matter. You can, you can just simply buy each other cars every day. It does not matter. If there's no love, that marriage is going to be miserable. Alibongo Kamalen goes, even a church, even a church, it does not matter. You can, we, we can have every resource. We can buy buildings. We can have whatever. You know, our church can be big, but if there's no love, if there's no love, it is vanity of vanities. Even Jesus Christ himself said, this is how the world will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. It did not say if you have a big building. It did not, did not say if you have the most anointed praise and worship team. It did not say if you have the most powerful pastor. But he said if you love one another. Nothing, Barcelona, can fill the void of love in a relationship. In the absence of love, relationships are meaningless and cold. In the absence of love, relationships are meaningless and cold. The song of Solomon, chapter number one, verse two says, let him kiss me. I love this book, by the way. I always advise people, if you are not romantic, read this book of Song of Solomon. Just read it over and over again. You will be as romantic as it comes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's learn it from a, a guy uh, who had a thousand women. Yeah. Let him kiss me, it says, with the kisses of his mouth, it says, but here's the part that I'm looking for, for your love is better than wine. Your love is better than wine. Love, Barcelona, is, is, is so sweet. <laughs> it is because sometimes we, we, we run into so many different things in quest for love, in quest for attention. We, we want to feel accepted, embraced, loved. But here, if, if you can find somebody who can love you the right way, you will realize that most of the things that you think they are the source of comfort in your life, you don't really need them. He. I always tell people one of the major reasons why I don't drink alcohol is because I don't need it. I've realized that I don't need it. There are many other things in my life that can cover for that. In fact, not even cover for what you can get, but that can cover for what you think you can get. <laughs> Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 7. Listen to what it says. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. Take note. If a man would give for love, all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. In other words, you can never replace love 
with material things. You can never replace love with material things. It's good to buy flowers, cars, gifts for your spouse, but they must never be a replacement for love. The car is not love. Flowers are not love. They are the fruit of love. They must be motivated by love. They must be an expression of love. Hey, that's why sometimes you find, you know, a, a, a husband will simply say, when, when, when the wife is asking for attention, you know, and, and whatever, and, and this man will say, I've bought you a house, I've bought you a car, I'm paying for the kids, and what more do you want? No, she wants you. She wants, she wants to feel the love from the car. She wants to feel the love from everything that you are doing. It must not be cold. It must not just be as long as I've done one, two, three, and four. That's why the Bible says it will be utterly despised. If you are going to attempt to replace love with, even with your friends, you, you can't be cold towards your friends. And just expect simply because you bought them lunch uh, uh, or you are helping them every now and then beyond helping them financially or anything else, just be there. Just be there for your friends. Check people. Call them. Ask how are they. Visit them. Spend time with them. That's why I always tell people that choose relationships wisely because relationships are costly. They will cost you time, money. You will have to sacrifice for relationships. That's why you need to choose wisely. Be there for people. Learn to not just, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people, Barcelona. I'll, I'll phone my friends. I'll, I'll bother them. I'll be on your, like, I will spend time, money, whatever, just to check how are you and, you know, that's, that's like who I am. I don't understand. The Bible says, a man with many friends in the book of Proverbs, he himself must be friendly. You can't have good relationships in your life if you are not willing to be friendly, to be caring, to be loving towards other people. You cannot just always expect to receive, to receive, to receive, to receive. You want all the attention. Have you ever had that kind of a friend? That when they call you, they are not calling you to check how are you. They are calling you to ask, why have you not been calling them all along? It's like, oh, dude, you, you just called me to ask, why, why don't you just take an effort? Just put in an effort and just call, you know? Amen. Just call and find out, are you well? How, how is it happening? How is it, you know, doing with your family, your kids and whatever? Just be there for your friends. Visit one another. <laughs> if a relationship is important, nourish it, especially with love. Are we together, Bazalan? Love is the indispensable quality of force in relationships. Without love, there can never be a healthy relationship. Love brings joy and life into a relationship. It brings life. Yeah, a relationship yeah, when there is love. You, you become almost natural around each other. You become comfortable around. You know, you, have you ever been in a relationship that you can tell that it is dry? It is cold. It's almost like an arrangement. And, and we, here we are, we are trying to convince each other 
that we are in a relationship, you introduce somebody, you say, this is my good friend, this is a good friend of mine, but there's no life in that relationship. There's no, there, there's, no, there's no joy in that relationship. As a matter of fact, each time that person calls you, there's just that thing in you. Before you take that call, you're like, ah, there we go again. Sometimes you ignore that call. I don't like people, Bazalan, I, like, I don't like friends that you will try and call them and they will see a missed call and not call back. As you will see in just a moment, because in a relationship, this thing must be reciprocal. Like if I call you, you see a missed call. Call. Call back and, and find out because you, you will never know. Just call back. The decency, at least of sending a text and say, I saw your missed call. I'll call you back tomorrow. Just, just the decency of that. Don't, but if you just blatantly, I must even call tomorrow. And the first question will be, did you see my missed call? Can you be so busy <laughs> that you can't have the decency just to call back? You don't know whether I was dying or something. Just call back. Amen. It's even worse when you are in a romantic relationship. And this dude or this lady does not call you back. Wahoo ghoster. So lack of love in a relationship means there is no friendship. There is no connection. And that relationship remains an arrangement. A structure that lacks life. The relationship is there, but there is no life in it. It's just an arrangement. It's even worse when it is in, in marriage. Can you imagine now your marriage becomes just an arrangement between two people who stay in the same house? Just because they can share food, share television, share the resources, the cars, but there's no life there. There's no friendship. There's no connection. You, you, you're sitting. That's why we need to fall in love, rekindle the love, and remain in love. It has to be a project that we work on, even if it's your friend. When you have fallen in love with somebody and you build a relationship with them, you need to make sure that you remain in love. And if you see that, hey, Ngati, Kiafatalala, rekindle it. Just do something to, to bring back the spark because without that, your relationship is in danger. Because this love is the only thing that is going to keep it alive. And, and, and keep it in such a manner that it is going to be enjoyable. It's dangerous once you, you start thinking twice before going home. Because there's no love. The house becomes cold. It becomes cold. You walk in. I can tell you this. I can tell you this. Right? Each home I visit, if there's no love, I can sense when I walk in. I hear it's cold. And, and you know when a pastor visits, people pretend that everything is, is good. You know, they, oh yeah, they hold hands, but I can tell, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> there's nothing here, it's cold here. This thing is forced, but we have to cultivate it every day so that it brings warmth in a home. It, they say it turns a house into a home. 
It turns a house into a home. It becomes a place of refreshing. It becomes a place that I'm always looking forward to go to. To say, I know when I go home, I'm going to be refreshed. I'm going to be revived. That even though for the whole day I've been fighting all the devils, but once I go home, I know I'm going to be happy. I know I'm going to be refreshed. I know I'm going to be loved. And this is where I can express love. And, and my love, as I express the love, the Bible says it covers the multitudes of sin. So every other demon that I've been faced with, by, by, by just being afforded the opportunity to express love as it flows it deals with all the other negative emotions I've been having all throughout the day so fight for your love make sure that you do whatever it takes listen to what the Bible actually says Barcelona. when I'm talking about this arrangement it says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 5 talking about our relationship with God because even the sad part is that as as believers, we attempt, and this is where religion is born from. We attempt to have a relationship with God without love. And it becomes a form, an arrangement of going to church every Sunday. That's why sometimes it becomes hard to serve God. Because there's no love. Because you will see in just a moment, when we talk, if there's no love, this arrangement just becomes a chore. It becomes difficult. You complain while cooking. Because there's no love. You complain while buy, buying groceries. Because there's no love. When the kids are asking for money for this, it's like, oh, because there's no love. I don't understand parents who calculate like <laughs> you, you know it's time to buy school uniform. You know the, the most critical thing in life, you buying school uniform. But the, your family will hear about it half the year that I've spent this much to buy school uniform. It's like, duh. That's why you're here. That's why you're here, to buy uniform. That, that's what parents do. It's like as a husband, you, you, you complain about anything, any, like oh, you have, I'm spending a lot of money for you. No, you, to be a, a part of being a husband, Bongani, is to spend money. In fact, you, you, you don't prioritize yourself. You become the last, my, my dad used to put it like this, you are the last button to be pressed. That's how my father used to put it. You are the last button to be pressed. You, you don't become a priority. In fact, I have to be reminded at home that, you know, my wife will sit on my neck to say, you need to buy this for yourself. I'm like, I don't need it. Because I'm thinking there's quite a lot that needs to happen in this family. And she says, hey, my wife, you need to pray for her. When she wants me to buy something for myself, she will, I will not rest. Until I do it. So that's why sometimes when I go shopping, I don't take it away. Because she'll make me buy expensive things. And me now I'm calculating to say, hey, I need to save for one, two, three, and four. Because when you love, you, 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 you put the person you love, you make them a priority. Amen. That's why I always tell people, marriage is not for selfish people. Yeah. If you are going to think about yourself and prioritize yourself in marriage... You have taken a wrong decision in your life. Yep. Male or female. 
If you are going to prioritize yourself, you're thinking about you first. Uko into a wrong up. Now yourself wrong. Listen to this. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Having a form of God. Like, this thing has a form of marriage. It has a form of friendship. It looks like it's a friendship. It looks like it's a marriage. It looks like it's this. But there's something missing. There's no force of love. And, 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 and we must avoid Barcelona, getting into such relationships. That's why the Bible says, and from such people turn away. It's dangerous to be among friends. That this thing will look and deep down in your heart. Let me, let me tell you have, you, have you been part of a group? That uh, at the end of the day, how fit I go high? In your heart, you know this thing is not real. Like and you can and you had that moment of a hype where everything was on a high. You you were talking, talking. And even when you are messing up, they are not bold to tell you as a friend that you are messing up. And when they arrive at home, some of their friends are like, hey, Omon, hey, Mara, Ola, and I, no. So there's no friendship there. There's no friendship there. It's, it has a form of friendship. It has a form of friendship. You see, anybody, look, if in your life you don't have a friend, who can be able to tell you the truth about your shortcomings, you are in danger. Because those are friends who will leave you to make mistakes. They will look at you, your Willem Kotin. They will see your yai. And they will be talking about it on your way there with the other friends to say, Oh, Lion. Someone, oh, hey, what paisa? You see? Now, and when you, you were saying, I have friends. So-and-so is my friend. So-and-so is my friend. That's why the Bible says, better are the wounds of a friend. Yeah. If you know that this person, you see, if a person will tell you the truth to your face, it's going to offend you. But that is love and friendship. Yeah. Yeah. That I'll be able to tell you when you come confidently to share the problems of your family with me, right? I'm your friend, and you're coming, hey, my wife is this, my wife is that. You know, as friends, you, you always say, my wife is this, my wife is this. I must be bold enough to say, hey, my friend, yeah, it looks like you are the problem. Amen. Yes, my friend, no, mend your ways. Mend your ways. I, I, that's why I always tell people, even now, you must know, if you are married, and you are going to come for marital counseling or anything like that, if you don't like the truth, don't come to me. I love listening. I will sit down and listen to both parties. And I love it. I will hear, I will listen to the husband. Talk, 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 covering their tracks. Hey, husbands are very smart. Covering his track, talk, 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 and then I will look at the wife. And say, what's your opinion? What, what do you have to say? Is it so? I will tell you the truth to your face. 
I'll tell you the truth to your face. I'll tell you, hey, my man, that's not how marriage is done. This woman is suffering here because of you. I'll tell you in front of your wife. So if you are not prepared to hear that, don't come to me. I am merciless. I'll tell you in front of her. <laughs> I'm like, no, dude. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you know how, how sad it is to, he, to hear it from a pastor that, hey, she's right. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's always the case. That the, even when you're a wife, I gently keep quiet and look at my wife. I don't say anything because I know. I know I, I, uh, me and my wife, we, we think the same when it comes to the issues of marriage. So she will talk and talk and talk and talk. And I will not say anything. I'll just look at my wife and say, you take over. <laughs> and she will tell you the truth to your face. To say, you need to change. <laughs> so run away from anything that has a form of a relationship. Form of godliness, even in your walk with God. Never, never get stuck, you know, in a cycle of religion. Where it's, it's just about attending services. You, you, you serving out of, it, it's a must. It, there's no love. You don't even love what you are doing. That's why you will end up hurting the people you are working with. Because you are not doing it out of love. It's an arrangement. It's just a system that you are conforming to. There's no love. Has a form of godliness. It looks like you are a Christian. But deep down you are not. You are full of hate, pride, jealousy. You are easy to be angry. You can't forgive. You gossip. You talk about other people. On the outside it looks like you are a Christian. It looks like you are connecting well with people. At church it looks like. Can't it behind that smile. Yeah, let's see how about what this is or how do you respond? <laughs> we are trying to answer the question, what is love? So that, <laughs> hey, Barcelona, I've been in church for quite some time to see how Christians can be, so-called Christians. But I got to a point in life where I've accepted, Bongan, that not everyone who attends church is a Christian. And I'll tell you the truth. The fact that you signed up for membership in this church does not mean you are a Christian. Christianity is a lifestyle. I don't, don't fool me with your routines. I've seen the most religious people who are the most bitter full of hate, they will religiously hate you. <laughs> like they will hate you and make you feel like you are the one who is on the wrong. And giving you that religious, on the outside, they look holy. They have all the right things that says, you, you, they look holy. They dress holy. They walk holy. They talk holy. But here, and, and you know, if there's one thing that cannot lie, is a heart. That's why the greatest gift you can ever pray for in life is, is to discern the hearts of the people. Because somebody can say one thing. That's why Jesus once said, they worship me with their mouths, but their hearts are far away. In other words, they are, saying all the, they are singing all the right lyrics. 
But when I look at the heart, so in other words, when I say, Jesus, I love you in a song, he doesn't listen to the words. He looks at the heart. Because of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You look at, that's why the Bible says, above everything, guard your heart. Guard what's going on here. Have that constant battle within you. Because hey, religious people, they will, they will whack you. They will hurt you. you. You need to know how to master. That's why last week we said, you, you love everyone, but you don't owe everyone a relationship. You don't owe everyone a relationship. Don't just fall into that trap. That's why I always advise people, don't choose a marriage partner simply because you attend the same church. Simply because you say both of you are Christians, even if they are from another church. Eh? The fact that they are praying in tongues, I've seen the meanest people who are praying in tongues. They are using the same mouth to pray in tongues and the same mouth to curse. But I offer, like they will give it to you. When it's time for them to swear at you, they will, hey, you, you will be shocked at the things that will come out of their mouth. You're like, wow. The very same person on Sunday, they lift up their hands. Lord, you are holy. Jesus, you are holy. You are worthy. Oh, there's none like you. Rabba sola basoke para. Lebra ma brose. And you roll on the floor. You look all the part. But when you are angry. It has a form of God. It looks, this thing looks like you are a Christian. Let's genuinely love each other as a Lord. Let's leave this thing of pretending. Let's love each other. You see, if you learn bad habits of love, unfortunately, you don't have a pattern of switching on and off. You will, you will take those habits, enter into your marriage with them, treat your husband the same way, treat your children the same way. There is what is called love, of course, as we are talking about, but there is also what is called infatuation. And there is a very thin line between the two. And many of us are trapped into this thing called infatuation and we think we are in love. And yet we are fooling one another. I, I, my time is up. I need to close. Infatuation is defined as an intense but short-lived passion or admiration for someone or something. It is foolish love that lacks commitment. And many of us, we make decisions of committing while we are still in the frenzy, in the, in the passion that we don't know how long is it going to last. Have you ever met a person and you were so fascinated with them from the first day and you did not give it time? To see how long is it going to last. And there are many of us who decided to get married based on infatuation. We thought it was love. I remember another Christian leader. I, I will always appreciate this man. He, he saved me a great deal. He, but he's now late. He went to be with the Lord. He said to me, Jacob, I was still single, very young in the Lord. 
And he was giving me relationship advice when it comes to choosing a life partner. He said to me, Jacob, before you can commit to say you love a person, start by saying, I think I love you. In fact, if you, if you, if you want to hear it from me, that's the purpose of dating. Dating is not for any other reason. It's not for you to, to think that you are already in a relationship. Dating is to explore whether or not this thing will work or not. This is a phase that allows you to ask all the right questions. This is where you sit down and say, Oh, manje, we think. It's like even if this person passionately says, I love you. Say, I know, I hear you. <laughs> I get you, uh, but for now, we think we love each other. Let's explore this thing further. And explore their relationships with other people while you are at it. Yes. Ask them about their relationship with their friends. Show me one relationship that you have kept for more than 10 years. Ask them about their relationship with their parents, <laughs> with their cousins, with their friends at school. How, how is your relationship with your colleagues? If they allow, ask them to, to take you home so that you can see how they behave. <laughs> yes, that, that is the purpose of dating. We have turned dating into something else. That's why as a pastor, people always ask me, is it right or wrong to date? I always ask them back with the question. Jesus used to do that. That when they asked him a question, he will uh, uh, give them a question back. So I always say, but what is dating? Before I answer, I don't want to be trapped. What, according to you, what is dating? Because to date does not mean, to date simply means we are going out to sit down and talk. That's all. I'm just affording you an opportunity to present yourself so that I can scrutinize everything. That's why you ask all the right questions. How many times do you bath a day? Does it happen that you, you, you skip a day, you know, without bathing? You know, what's going on? You ask all of the right questions. If you are working, how much do you earn? Not so that you can, not so that you can, based on how much they earn, make a decision. But just you want to see, are they willing to be transparent? Because you don't want to be married to somebody who is mysterious. So, so, so that's why sometimes we confuse infatuation with love. Let me tell, let me guarantee you, there are people in this life you are going to meet and they are going to confuse you the first time you meet them. You see, that's why even gents or even ladies will end up having extramarital relationships because they meet with, they meet this one person who confused them. <laughs> you, you meet this one person and they conf and you think you are in love. And then all of a sudden, your wife is no longer, and you thought you loved them. But after that thing you were feeling dies down, then you begin to regret. But unfortunately, the damage is already done. Because you realize that it was not commitment. It was just foolish love that lacks commitment. You, 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 you did not fall in love. You were just foolish for a moment. And many friendships are built even out of that. You meet somebody, you are too excited. You think, oh, he's a great guy. No, spend some more time with them. Yeah. Before you can commit and say, this is my good friend, give it some time. Because other people are good 
at pretending to be something that they are not. So give it some time because they will not hide forever. I hope I'm helping somebody in this place. Infatuation is occupied with externals. What they see on the outside. How good you are looking. The car you are driving. The place where you stay. Infatuation is more, is preoccupied with externals. But genuine love is interested in the whole person. Genuine love is, is, that's why a young girl can be so excited about this guy I met. Oh, he drives this car. Oh, but you did not take time to check, to check even the condition of their soul for that matter. That's why these days, ladies, they fall in love with people who end up killing them. Because you fell in love with what you saw on the outside. Kanti, you are getting married to the devil himself. So, give it time. Give it time. Even the Bible advises that. Don't, don't be too quick to say you love a person. Because some of us, you have already committed with your mouth. And now you find yourself being forced to follow through because you were too quick to speak. And many of us are sitting in marriages. <laughs> and here's the thing with infatuation. It comes and goes. Infatuation demands and takes. While gen genuine love is happy and giving. If you, are, if you are in a relationship that is demanding, this person is always demanding. Always demanding. They want this. They want that. They want this. It's always about them what they can get. They are always taking and taking and taking away from you. That is not love, Bazalwan. That is not love. That is not love. If a, if a guy, all that they want to do is just to sleep with you, that's it. There's no other thing that they are interested in. Your friends. It's all about what you can buy them, the money you can borrow them. They, they need this, they need that. There's absolutely nothing that they can offer on the table. That's a very sad thing. It's a very painful thing. It's a very painful thing. But the question is, as I close, what is love? Because we need to know what love is so that we can know what will be expected from us when we are in a relationship. And so that you can also know what to expect from people who said they love you. So that you can detect from a distance that you said you love me, but that's not love. You need to be bold enough to tell a person to their face, you said you love me. This is not love. I know love. I know love. Fine, you are, you are taking me out to lunch. You are paying for the bills. You are No, but that is not, tell them that is not love. I know what love is. And that is what I am here for. Because when a person says, if a person sits down and says, I love you, you need to ask them, why do you think you love me? So quick, you are jumping to a conclusion that you love me. Isn't it strange, Bazalan, in the world that we are living in, you can meet up with a person, a mall. And some stranger will walk up to you without knowing who you are, where do you come from, and they say, they love you. You know, as, as, a, as a young woman, just pause and ask them, you are just seeing me for the first time. What makes you think you love? Do you know me? Have you seen me when I'm angry? 
Do you know how many people have killed? Just ask them that. And ask them, do you still love me? And just give them an impression that I can, I can sort you out now. So why, why, why would you just, just jump out and see a stranger and just be too quick? Why don't we just let's start one step at a time. Ask for my phone number. Let's sit down and have coffee together. Just get to know me. And just, and just take time to explore whether or not. Don't, just, don't rush. Don't rush. Because I still need to see if you understand what love is. Love defined. This is a biblical definition of love. And this is genuine love, by the way. It is simply defined as the giving of oneself for the benefit of the other. And the question is, are you willing to do that? To give yourself for the benefit of another. Love is not those nice romantic words. <laughs> it includes that, but that is not what defines love. But it is just to be ready to give yourself fully so that somebody, you cannot be in a relationship and say you love somebody and then complain about the fact that they are using you. That's why I always tell people, if you are in a true relationship with your friend, even when it comes to borrowing the money, you are not going to expect them to pay, to pay it back. Aha. Uh -huh. It's like, if, if, like, you, you are, my relationship with you is like pastor, congregation member, right? And when you come to me and you say, Mfundis, but don't try this at home. Mfundis, give 5,000 for whatever reason. I will always tell you, Uguti, listen, I don't want to risk the relationship that we have. I don't arrangement to because I don't want to risk the relationship So I'd rather give you the money if I want to. I'd rather sow it into your life and not expect it. So even your friend, when they come, I don't want to risk the and even if but don't expect it back so that if it's not going to ruin the relationship because you said you love them you are giving yourself for the benefit of this so if you are having friends know this let me warn you in advance they are going to use you that's what relationships are if you have friends, that's why I said earlier, that was my advice. Don't be too quick to call somebody your friend. Because your friends will use you and be usable by your friends. My friend, the people that I regard as my friend in my life, I will spend petrol for them. They can wake me up anytime and ask for help. I will fly across the ocean for my friends. I will do whatever it takes. I will take money that I was supposed to and, and, and my true friends are the kinds of friends that even my wife knows that this one is my friend and even my wife becomes. That's why I don't have a friend that my wife is not comfortable with. Because it, that relationship, it is even going to cost me our family money. So if my wife is not comfortable with that, I'm not in. Because one day this friend is going to ask me a favor that is going to cost my wife 
like when I say so and so wants to use our car. My wife must not have a problem with that. So that's why I will not commit. If so, I always check. If I develop a relationship, I always check my wife first. If she's not in, I'm not in. We can relate in any other form, but I cannot regard you as my friend. I will not even restaurant. I will not bring you home. I don't owe you that. I don't owe you that. You don't have to know where I stay. We can meet, yes. There's something that you need from me, but which cannot reach the level of relationship. So let's meet at the coffee shop and get whatever that you want to get and then let's walk away. No strings attached. But as soon as I commit, then I bring you into my world. I introduce you to my children and all of that. I'm, it means I'm committed in this relationship. I'm committed to your children. I love you and your children and your family. If your children are asking for anything from me, they are going to get it unreservedly. I will use my car, my petrol, my money, anything, anything. In other words, which is my resource is available for you if you are my friend. My friend can call me anytime. Say, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask. It's like, let me see what I can do. I'll give him and not expect him. We can fool each other. I'm not going to raise the question on Emmanuel. So, no, I'm not even going to ask if you don't give it back to me. That's okay. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm giving myself to you so that you can benefit from me. That's what friendship with love is all about. I'm making, that's why you must choose wisely. Because love is a decision, but it must be a wise decision. You must, you must look at people who are not going to abuse the fact that you have given yourself to them. Because this thing needs to be a reciprocal commitment. Can you do the same for me? In other words, I'm saying I'm in this relationship. I'm willing to go an extra mile for you. But the question is, will you do the same for me? Will you do? I've got friends around me. I remember even during the days I was attending Bible school and, and I needed to transport. I was him. Pursuing the calling is not easy. I was looking for money just to be helped to get a taxi so that I can go and attend Bible school. And I'll talk to one, of, one friend of mine and he will say, hey, between me and our next meal, I'm left with 50 rands here at home. But, but I'll give you 25 rands and I'll be left with 25. Money from, from their family. You need such people that you can call at any time and they can also call at any time and ask for a favor and they are not going to, they are not going to be afraid that I'll come back and accuse them of this and that and that and that and the other. We need to develop an art of building good relationships around us and cement them with love and say to yourself, I'm here for this person. I'm going to love them. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter number 15 verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, he said. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. As to love. Can you lay down your life. For your friends. This is also a test. Today. To do an introspection. That the people that you say. Are your friends. Are they truly your friends. Because if as I'm preaching. You're like. Hey, hey, but I'm not willing to do this for so and so. You don't know how selfish this person is. Aha. 
then don't call them your friend. Rearrange that relationship. Restructure it. Put it in a different context. Don't call them your friends. Because if they are truly your friends and you love them, it simply means you are saying, in this relationship, I'm giving myself. And if you have none in your life, if you have no one that you can say you are willing to give your life for, go into a wrong or apple as well. Because at least there has to be one or two people in your life where you say this one, I will do anything. Even if it means for whatever reason, I can take them. We can share resources. That's true friendship. But if you are not willing to go that, don't call them your true friends. Don't call them, this is my best friend. Just for the sake of introduction. Who are you? Who are you trying to convince? Who are you trying to convince? Have people in your life. And if you are married, it's very important that such people that you are going to commit to, make sure that your spouse is comfortable. Even if you had friends and by the time you get married, and you introduce your spouse to your friends and you realize, hey, this is my friend. My spouse is not comfortable. Because remember, your love for your spouse in terms of ranking is higher than that one of friendships. So if he or she says, I'm not comfortable here, rearrange. Because you don't want a friendship that is going to interrupt your love in your marriage. Am I making sense? So if you're asking me, what is love? It is just to simply give yourself for the benefit of another. Even in marriage, it's all about that. You're saying, I'm giving myself so that you can benefit from whatever it is. What is a relationship? This is how I always look at it. As a human being, you are a vessel. You are a ship that carries cargo. There's something in you. And when you are in a relationship, you are simply relating with another person on the basis of what you carry. And you are willing to bring at their disposal what you carry. And they are also willing to bring on the table what they carry. That's what the relationship is all about. But I can't have a relationship with you if I'm not going to benefit anything from you. Then what's the purpose of this relationship? It's going to be one way. It's going to be a selfish exercise. That is love. Genuine love. Let's stand on our feet, please. We just went halfway. Because... At the end of it all, Bazolana, we need to understand. The Bible tells us this. That love is a fruit. And a fruit of the Spirit. I love it in the book of Galatians. It says, it does not say fruits of the Spirit like we have read. I'm sure you have noticed, right? But it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love. It mentions love first. Other translations Put it this way. Look at how beautiful this is, Vazelan. It says, in the Passion Translation, it puts it this way. 
But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. And then it says, in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and the strength of spirit. So in other words, all of these things are flowing out of the fruit of love. Fruit of love. It has to be the work of the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Helping you to produce all of these virtues on the inside of you. The Easy English Translation puts it this way. But God's Spirit causes us to live a different way, it says. We love other people. That is what the Spirit of God teaches us. To love other people. It says we are happy and we have peace in our minds. We are patient, kind and good. People can trust us to do what is right. We respect other people and we rule ourselves properly. God's Spirit helps us to live in that way. Can your friends trust you? That you are going to make the right decisions. Especially when you don't see eye to eye. Ask the question. I always beg my friends. Say, please, let's pray for this relationship to last. So that whatever that we are going to be faced with, we can fight for this relationship. But unfortunately, it does not always 100% depend on you. I always tell you this story of how I almost destroyed a relationship in my life, friendship. And thank God, in that time, my spiritual father was still alive and I called him. I was so frustrated. I was so hurt. I was so disappointed. I was ready to lay down that relationship on the altar. I was like, no ways. I'm, I, I don't need this. And I spoke to him and he listened. And he listened. He listened. I was venting. I was venting over the phone. And at the end, he said to me, you need this relationship. Forgive him. Reconcile. Because there is something that God is going to do out of this relationship. Hey. That is the most painful thing ever. I was like, you didn't, in my heart, I was like, didn't you hear what I just said? Didn't you hear what I just said? I said, no. Forgive. Relationships get tested. And I went back to him. We spoke. Of course, I gave him the peace of my mind. Like I told him, this is not on. If we are friends, this is not on. We don't cross this line. And we reconciled and we lived happily ever after. Our relationship grew stronger. And God is using us in each other's lives in a tremendous way. Like we will do whatever it takes for each other. And our wives are comfortable. Our wives are comfortable. Our wives are comfortable. Build healthy relationships. Love people sincerely. Even listen to it. When you interact with people in, in your teams, love people sincerely. I'm not saying they are going to be your bosom friends. But in the context of a, another fellow team member, show love. Show love. I know there are always issues. But let love cover the multitude of sins. Just show love. At least we owe people to love them. If Jesus set the bar so high 
to a point of saying love even your enemies how much more about your christian brothers and sisters thank you once again for listening to the message today we trust that you were blessed by it please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week thank you very much and keep on building